everybody. It's Dylan James right here on JDF Media, Out of Bounds. This evening, it is me, myself, and I leading the show, leading the charge, and talking to you about the NFL. Tyler is taking a week off. He's doing something. He told me he was doing something. I don't know what it was. I'm sure he can elaborate next week when he comes back and joins the show. But he's out of, out of the picture this week. So if you want to talk to me about football, feel free to hop in the comments because we'd love to have you. And I'd love to have a conversation with somebody. So that'd be great to have you guys in the comments. Also, if you haven't done so yet, subscribe to us on all of your podcast stations. Also, follow us on Facebook, on Kick, on Twitter, on YouTube, on Twitch. Everywhere JDF Media is at, we are at, and also OOB Podcast is the alias or the username for this show on Instagram, on Twitter, and on Facebook. So follow us in all those places. We'd love to have you there. And Kick as well. Did I say Kick? I think I said Kick. So Kick as well. Kick OOB Podcast on Kick. Follow us there. We'd love to have you. Again, a lot of stuff happened in the NFL. I'd love to get your thoughts on it as well. So during the show, I'll pop up your comments as you tune in to the comments and join the conversation below. And we will uh, get started with some conversation about some headlines that came out of the NFL, not necessarily action related, but one of the biggest things coming out of the NFL is wide receiver Justin Jefferson has been cleared from IR and he is set to make his debut this weekend for the Vi or come back to the team, not necessarily debut, but return to the team this weekend. And he's looking forward to getting that connection with with Josh Dobbs there in Minnesota. It looks like they'll be rolling with Josh Dobbs as the starter, which I think that's the right move to make, especially if you have a, a wide receiver stud like Justin Jefferson joining your squad once again. They're hoping to have a connection when they first start. I'm sure they have had some sort of work in practice this week so far. It's a lot to handle for a wide receiver like that coming into a situation where they're on the outside looking in of the playoffs, but I think they can do it. I think they can still rise above everything and still become playoff contenders. It's a good team there. They have a really, really solid core there. Um, Josh Dobbs, I think, can lead them there. If Kirk Cousins could lead them to the playoffs, I think Josh Dobbs can lead them to the playoffs. I'm not necessarily thinking that they're on the same tier, but with this team in particular, with Justin Jefferson back from IR, I think that's the biggest thing for this team is having that stud wide receiver out there that Josh Dobbs can rely on, can throw the ball to, and it's going to, I think it's going to pay dividends for Josh Dobbs and for this team to have Justin Jefferson back out there. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to that connection to see how they play this weekend. And um, it'll be fascinating to watch there. Wesley is chiming in. Good evening to you as well, Wesley. Thanks for joining the show. Um, the Colts this weekend with the Titans. That was a tough game to watch. It, 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 it was fun to watch. It was nerve-wracking for a Titans fan being there to watch it because of all of the things that happened there, especially having Ryan Stonehouse, your Pro Bowl punter, getting demolished. Um, that wasn't a good look for us to see him go down like that twice in a row. That's the reason why the uh, special teams coordinator, Craig Ackerman, who has been... The thing with Craig Ock, let's get into the Titans conversation. Might as well be as Wes is in the chat. And I'd love to get the Colts conversation side of things too. But with the Titans this weekend, they played up against the Colts. It was tied 25-25, went to overtime, and they lost in overtime after Will Levis was able to lead a, a point, uh, a drive to get points at the end of the game. So towards the end of overtime, drove down, got a field goal for the team. Felt very good about that. Um, there was a call on the Titans defense that met, led to a big play by Alec Pierce, who caught it down within the five-yard line to set up the go-ahead touchdown and the walk-off touchdown for the Indianapolis Colts to Michael Pittman Jr. Devastating day for us, though, as Titans fans, especially since Ryan Stonehouse, he was tra his trajectory leading to Pro Bowl punter, which he's still number one amongst punters um, in, in Pro Bowl voting right now. So if you are voting for the Pro Bowl, I would suggest still voting for Ryan Stonehouse because he still had a very, very good season, regardless if he misses 
the last five games of the year, which he's going to because he had um, he's going to have surgery on his leg once they determine what the actual damage is to his leg. But Stonehouse, man, uh, he's been playing very well for us. Last year, he set the rookie record for net yardage in punts, um, also airtime with punts as well. So kudos to him. I think that Stonehouse is a fantastic punter. Hopefully he comes back and plays just as well as he was before. I think having an offseason to rest and to uh, kind of kind of re retool himself. I think it's going to be beneficial. So um, prayers up for Ryan Stonehouse. Hopefully he gets back soon on the football field. But other than that, though, the defense was not playing well. Um, corners were not playing well. Christian Fulton has just went reverted back to the old ways of Christian Fulton, especially what he looked like against the Colts earlier in the season at Indianapolis. That was a horrific game by Christian Fulton, and that was when fans were already calling for Christian Fulton's head. So if you had any questions about Christian Fulton going into next year as to will he be with the Titans, I think Sunday answered that question for you. He will not be with the Titans next year. I I think we can pretty much say that as a definitive fact at this point that the secondary is going to look a lot different with the Titans next season. I think one of the main guys you'll see is you're going to see Roger McCreary be in the slot. Um, Sean Murphy Bunting will probably get re-signed again too. I think he was on a one-year deal for this season. So I think you'll see him come back. But other than that, those two guys, I would revamp the secondary completely. There's no reason that we're still fielding the guys that we're still fielding. I mean, past Christian Fulton, past Roger McCreary, and past SMB, you have Trey Avery, who comes in every once in a while, tiny guy, Eric Gehrer, who has been pretty good for us in punt returns the past few games. But being a corner, I mean, I think he's like 5'7". He's tiny. So and not not the best look for a corner for the Titans to have these guys on there. So hopefully there's some fix there in the secondary. Um, but the secondary was getting cooked. Uh, Alec Pierce had a, that huge gain. Uh, Michael Pittman Jr. had a huge game all day against the Titans. Um, but silver linings for the Titans. Will Levis still looked pretty good. Regardless of his completion percentage, I still think that he's a better fit for this team right now than Ryan Tannehill is. I, th- I think he has promise. He's shown promise. Anthony Richardson, when he was in the game for the Colts, he showed promise as well. As long as he can stay healthy and upright next season, I think he's going to have a good, se- uh, good career there in Indianapolis. I, I think it's going to be a very very back and forth. Once everything is settled, once we figure out, uh, the Titans figure out their their personnel and the Colts get back Anthony Richardson, hopefully get him some offensive linemen. Um, I think that battle again, the Colts versus the Titans will become, if it, if, I mean, I'm sure it, in my mind, it has been a rivalry since day one, but I have a feeling it's going to be a rivalry, a heated, more heated rivalry once again, when both of our teams have the quarterbacks that we want, Anthony Richardson for the Colts and Will Levis for the Titans, um, and the roster is a bit changed. Um, I think it's going to be very fascinating to watch over the next few years. Wesley says, feel bad for Stonehouse. Yeah, I I do too, Wesley, for sure. Um, He will be in Cincinnati this weekend, hoping for a different Jake Browning, and hopefully it won't be as nerve-wracking. Jake Browning played very well. (laughs) I I was very shocked how well he played for the Bengals this past weekend. Um, But... Also, we'll talk about the game as well against the Jaguars. Talk about an injury that occurred in that game that might lead to some shuffling in the AFC South. I'm sure you, as a Colts fan, um, you are very happy that this injury occurred just because your team, the Colts, have a better shot of potentially getting AFC South championship this year. So um, that's going to be huge for the Colts and for the Texans as well. So both those teams are going to be vying for that number one spot now if a certain player misses an extended amount of time, which we'll talk more about that in just a moment. It kind of gave me flashbacks of Ryan Tannehill from last year with his injury that he had, which we'll talk again. We'll talk about more of that in just a moment. Um, another thing that happened this week is Robbie Gould, the former kicker for the 49ers and for the bears announced his retirement. So he's retiring from the league. One of the, one of the best kickers of, of my time anyway um, to do it. So, um, riding off in the sunset is Robbie Gould. Uh, congratulations on your career, sir. I think it was a great career for you. Um, and it's so crazy to think that we're just seeing all these players, especially the players that I grew up with, 
all of them are starting to retire. You're starting to see these huge, these greats uh, of their positions when it comes to Robbie Gould. He's one that he's been one of the best um, for a, a decade plus. Um, Robbie Gould, though, announcing his retirement. So, so kudos to you on a, a solid career. I'm sure there will be some Canton conversations with him as a kicker because he had a, he had a, a roughly. I think an 89 to 90% completion percentage when it came to kicks and he was perfect in the playoffs. Like can't get better than that. So Robbie Gould, uh, kudos to you, sir. And another story here, front office and general manager accelerator program. This program was actually started in 2022. We talked about it a little bit on this show because we had talked about the Rooney rule, um, th- things happening when it comes to trying to find diverse talent for head coaching positions, for general manager positions, to allow these coaches that are either positional coaches or front office um, personnel already, um, for them to have a shot at getting head coaching positions and also general manager positions. And uh, this accelerator program started in 2022, I think, after the conversation we had on this show. It's not because of this conversation that it happened, but. Uh, you know, I like to think that my conversation led to conversations more abound when it came to this situation in the NFL. So I, I'm glad they are doing it. It's, it sounds like a really cool program. They go through mock interviews with GMs in the league. Um, that This was one of the places that actually the Titans met Rand Carthon. This was actually where they met Rand Carthon and got to know more about him and his analytical background to lead him to the GM position for the Titans. So uh, it's going to be great to see. I can't wait to see what happens, what comes of this. And I'm sure we'll have some more diverse talent coming into the league when it comes to being a head coach or if it comes to being a general manager because a guy that probably will be fired, I mean, again, I think we talked about last week, Brandon Staley with the Los Angeles Chargers won this weekend. I don't think it matters because it was 6-0. to When you have one of the best, youngest quarterbacks in the league, in Justin Herbert, and you only put up six points in a game against one of the worst teams, if not the worst team in the NFL and the New England Patriots, then you're doing something wrong. It's it's not it's not player personnel. No, no, no. It's the coach. And at this point, Brandon Staley needs to go. Barring a miracle, there was a report, Jordan Schultz put it on Twitter um, and said that barring a miracle Brandon Staley is out as the Los Angeles Rams, uh, Los Angeles Chargers head coach for next season. So that can't come soon enough. If I'm a Chargers fan, I would be livid hearing that report and saying, you still want to keep Brandon Staley for the rest of the season. Why not give Kellen Moore five games? It's, It's similar to what happened in the Tennessee Titans organization last year with Todd Downing as your offensive coordinator, Todd Downing, sucked after the Green Bay Packers game. You had an out with him getting a DUI after the Green Bay Packers game. And you decided, eh, we'll keep him for the rest of the season instead of trying to see what Tim Kelly could potentially do with this team. No, you know what? We're going to keep Todd Downing instead. And uh, we'll, we'll figure that out at the end of the season. Well, you still hired Tim Kelly as your offensive coordinator, but you could have had a five to six game trial period, a test run, an audition, as the offensive coordinator, if you just let Todd Downing go at that point, same scenario with what's happening with the Chargers. In my opinion, I think, you know what? Brandon Staley, thank you for your service. Don't let the door hit you on the way out. We're going to put Kellen Moore in your spot and see what we can do with this roster this year. Because you, your, your window to get into the playoffs is closing very, very quickly. It's closing. So your playoff window this year is almost not there. So you need to figure it out. And Brandon Saley's not going to be the one to figure that out. I think Kellen Moore would have a better shot at figuring it out, especially if he thinks it's an audition for the head coaching position for that team next year. Because most likely it sounds like it might be Bill Belichick if he decides to leave New England in the offseason. Alex Hanley says, I mean, he finally has a good defensive showing, which has been the knock on Staley. Yes, but again, you have one of the best, youngest quarterbacks in the league in Justin Herbert and you can't put up more than six points sounds like a Brandon Staley problem to me sounds like a problem to me um Alex thanks for joining the show anyway 
huge there. Um, I, I'm uh, back to the general manager and head coaching accelerator program we were discussing. I think that's huge for the league. It's happening in Dallas this year, December 11th to the 13th. So good luck to everybody who's attending that. Um, I'm looking forward to see who's able to get out and be able to be a head coach somewhere because we need to eliminate the Brandon Saley's of the world and put them back where they belong, which will be a, a coordinator position somewhere. Um, I, I don't think Brandon Saley is right for a head coaching spot now. So, and you can't put Josh McDaniels there either. Please don't. Because we saw what happened with the Raiders. You saw that in your own division, Chargers. If you decide to put Josh McDaniels in your organization as a head coach, uh, that's a mistake. A huge mistake. Don't do that. Um, those are the main headlines of this past week. So once again, if you have any questions or, or you want to talk about a specific team or a specific game, feel free to do that in the comments below. I'd love to get your thoughts there. But we can kind of go through the list of, of games this is a very relaxed episode. Once again, it's just me this evening with uh, Tyler out. So it's a very relaxed episode. We're just going to kind of go along as we go at 645. I'm sorry, 745 Eastern. We're going to have Alex join us for Peeper's Picks. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, we'll see if Alex can get back above 500 because unfortunately he didn't hit 500 this week. You know what? Before we get to the week, week recap for week 13, let's look at what Alex did this past weekend. Alex, did he got the 500 season record. Season record's 500. He was above 500 last week. I believe he was 12 and 11. But now he's 14 and 14. You're still up. If you've been following his picks the entire season, you're still up three units. But uh, not a good call from the Dallas Cowboys. They didn't really show up in prime time the way they were supposed to. Steelers, uh, they're just a train wreck. Jacksonville, tough game, tough game. And I, and I told him last week too, I'll bring it up once Alex gets on the show as well. Jacksonville cannot win games at home in prime time. They, they just can't. It's, it's, it baffles me. They, they always fumble the bag somehow at home when it comes to these big games. And they did this weekend. So uh, tough look by him. But two and three on the weekend. Hopefully he can get back above 500 for this week. And hopefully you guys can make some money with Peeper's Picks coming up at 745 Eastern. Um, let's get into the week 13 recap. We'll go over to the first game of the weekend, which was the Seahawks and Cowboys. Cowboys, once again, scoring 41 points at home. They extend their home win streak to 14 41 to 35 against the Seahawks. So Seahawks actually did fight back in this game, scored 35 points. And that's, that's something to scoff at there. Um, but Dak Prescott led the charge, man. They, they, they led the charge to come back in that game and uh, threw for three touchdowns, three touchdowns in this game. CD lamb had a day as well. Um, I, I think it's huge for the Cowboys to have this, have this win. I still am of the mindset like Stephen A. Smith that, don't, I, I'm not going to be impressed by the Cowboys until the playoffs. Until you start winning playoff games consistently, I'm not going to be impressed. I, I'm not going to think you're going to do anything to even get to the Super Bowl if you have performances like you do every other week. So they're still in the hunt for the NFC, for, for their division anyway, they're still in the hunt. Um, right now with the Eagles, they're 10-2 and two after their loss this past weekend. So there's some... Potential for the division as well, for the division and also the conference too. Um, but the Cowboys looked pretty good. Offensively looked pretty good against the team that in the Seahawks that they're they're not as good as they were last year, but they're still above water. They're still floating. They're still playing good football. Um, they are two and four away though, which is not the best. Alex says this weekend is the ultimate test for the Cowboys. Yeah, I could say, I think everyone could pretty much say that with the Eagles. I mean, the Eagles beat them the first time. So can the Cowboys come in and throw a haymaker? Can they come in and show them who's boss in their division? Um, it's going to be a tough one. It's going to be a tough one for sure. Jalen Hurts did get a little banged up in this in the last game. Marcus Mariota had one or half a drive, I guess you could say. I think Jalen Hurts came in in the middle of that drive, but um, Jalen got a little banged up 
in that game. So we'll see how that goes with the Cowboys because Micah Parsons is still there with the Cowboys defense. The defense is still pretty good with the Cowboys, even though they gave up 35 points to the Seahawks. They're still a pretty good defense. Um, Yeah, it'll be a test. I mean, right now, Dallas is favorite. Uh, Minus three and a half is the line, which, I mean, that's pretty much any home line. So, I mean, if it it was a neutral side, it'd be even. Uh, It's going to be... Interesting to watch. Interesting, interesting to watch on NBC, the Sunday night football game. Um, thoughts on David Carr's comments about Hertz. He was talking about Marcus Mariota should be the starter there in Philadelphia because he can actually win games and in the style that they're playing right now. I still think it's not necessarily a Jalen Hurts problem. I mean, they're playing to his strengths. They're playing, you know, the the brotherly shove or however you want to call it. They're um, they're still playing that every single week and, and getting they have success with that play. So I mean, they're playing to Jalen's strengths. I I don't necessarily see a situation where it's like he's out of his comfort zone or the the offense is not based around his skill set because it is. It's just that it's a first-year offensive coordinator for the Eagles. They're feeling a little bit of growing pains with that system, but they're still winning games. They've only lost two in the season, so, I mean, why change that? I I get it with Hurts. I mean, you might be concerned that he might get injured more if he still plays, but um, Jalen Hurts is going to be out there regardless of if if, if he's 80%, 90%, he's still going to play. So, I... I don't know. I, I, Marcus is, I, I love Marcus in Tennessee. I think Marcus before his elbow injury with like the nerve, I think it was the, um, the ulnar nerve was, was injured. I, I think before that I could have really seen Marcus Mariota being the franchise quarterback for the Titans. That didn't happen. He got injured with that, that nerve injury. Couldn't throw a football for at least half a season. Um, came back for the Titans. Ryan Tannehill was already playing at a high level for the Titans, winning them games, leading them to playoff berths and, and playoff wins and division championships and leading them to the conference championship against the, against the uh, Kansas city chiefs as well. So I, I, I think that he can play well. It's just that he just, I think Jalen's still going to let them win more games. I think Jalen's going to be the one to lead them to more games one than uh than Marcus Mariota is. Uh, well he said he was just saying to let Jalen get healthy to the playoffs, aka load management. Yeah. In the NFL we don't really have too many situations with load management though. I mean that's the thing. And that's why Jalen doesn't want Jalen's not gonna sit out. There's there's no there's no way. And also I don't think the team wants him to sit out. I think the team wants him to play because they think that they have the best shot to win if Jalen's out there. And I mean, it was too much. It was too small of a sample size with Marcus this past weekend to see if he could actually lead them down the field and get them in field position to actually win games. So I think Jalen's going to play regardless, unless he had a concussion that he just couldn't come back from in a week. I think that's the only way that you could hold him out. Or if they did something even more egregious, you see an Achilles injury or uh, ACL or whatever. Um, but I, I seriously don't see Jalen getting out of the game anytime soon, unfortunately for him. Um, and unfortunately for Marcus as well, because Marcus, I'm sure, would love to have a starting position there in Philadelphia. But I don't think it's going to happen. I think Jalen Hurts is going to stay in there and, and remain the starter for the Eagles through the playoffs. Um, let's go back to some of the games that also happened in Week 13. Some of the big games that happened. Once again, we talked about the Colts and Titans. Colts winning in overtime. I'm sure Alex is still recovering from that loss as well. Um, Chargers putting up six points. I, I still cannot fathom a world where if someone told me Justin Herbert is going to go out against the New England Patriots and score zero touchdowns, I, I would laugh in your face. I would laugh in your face. There's no way that a guy like Justin Herbert should end a game with zero touchdowns. How is that not a sign to the Chargers front office to say you have the wrong guy in Brandon Staley? The Patriots defense is is pretty good, but not that good. Not that good. 
just demoralizing. You're completely ruining the time you have with a franchise quarterback that could potentially be in the league for 10, 15 plus years. Uh, You're ruining it. Like uh, Phillip Rivers, call Justin Herbert and tell him to get out. Like there's, there's no way you end a game against the Patriots with zero touchdowns. No, no way. Um, Wesley says different topic, probably for a different show, but I happen to be watching the Pacers at the moment. I get sick of the NBA catering to elite players. Giannis is getting every call. Wesley, I don't typically watch the NBA either. I bet on the NBA, which, I mean, I usually have my insiders who kind of give me some information, kind of give me the best trends and such. I I may actually do pretty well in the NBA, I I have to say. Um, But I, I don't watch the NBA. I just don't watch it. I, I completely get you. I, I, I see that too when I watch the NBA. These these players getting catered to because they're just like the, the bell of the ball. It's kind of like what you see with quarterbacks. Some quarterbacks in the NFL. Some of these roughing the passer penalties. Some of these defensive pass interference penalties. I mean, th- there are so many different penalties that happen in the NFL as well to where it's making it closer and closer to flag football. As some people say, I still think it's a a competitive product. I still think it's a good product, but there are some rules. There are some referees who need some more education. Let's say that. Like if you go back and watch the saints versus the Titans in week one of the NFL this year, that officiating crew came back to Nissan stadium and refed the Titans versus Falcon. No, it was it Falcons. I think it was Panthers. Actually, Titans, Falcon, Titan, Titans, Panthers game. Same mistakes as they made in week one. Have they not learned since week one, how to officiate an NFL game? And the answer is no, they haven't. They, they, they are the same thing. Every single game, every week, week after week, apparently they get penalized at the end of the year with there's like a point system. If you have like the wrong call, there's a point that's taken off or whatever. There's some sort of point system with the referees in the NFL that leads to them not being able to officiate playoff games, not being able to officiate the Super Bowl because the Super Bowl, the, the best of the best, are the ones who come together and, and officiate that game. So yes, I get it. It's a, a lot of officials you have to hire. A lot of officials you have to hire for the NFL because there are so many games happening week in, week out. But you have enough money to do it. You have enough money to find talented officiants, referees, I guess you could say, referees to be included in the NFL. But they just don't do it. Just don't do it. Alex says, drawing penalties has become a specific skill in sports. All sports, yes. Yes. Flopping happens. You've been seeing Josh Allen in particular. I saw a video on TikTok recently of Josh Allen. It was a compilation of Josh Allen, Buffalo Bills quarterback, flopping everywhere. Flopping. And that should be called embellishment. I mean, I know there's not embellishment in the NFL, but still, embellishment. Just throw the flag. Call it something. Personal foul, taunting something. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's gotten ridiculous. Soccer was like the, the, the main, the main sport that used to have a lot of flopping. Now it's basketball. Now it's football. Now it's, uh, hockey. You see some hockey flopping as well. So it definitely, definitely not good. Uh, Wes says should lead them to not officiating period. Correct. It should. Uh, if someone is not good, if I walk into my job tomorrow and I start sucking, I, I start just not producing. I'm working, you know, right now, let's say right now I'm working at hundred percent. I'm working at 20% instead at my job starting tomorrow. Over under of me getting fired within a week is probably under most likely because you have to do your job. You have to produce to keep that job said job. But in the NFL, if you're a referee and you're breathing, then you get to keep your job. doesn't matter if you have a bad play. They say, Oh, you can't, you can't ref in the playoff game this year. My apologies. But next year, We'll see you in week one. We'll see you there. We'll see you in the play. We'll see you in the uh, in the preseason. 
to ref the game. It's it's ridiculous. Absolutely. Uh, Angela says, yes, they do. Alex said, what did you think about the Saturday Sunday night football ending? You think the PI should have been called? So Alex is joining us later in the show. Alex Peeper to do Peeper's picks. Um, we have a we have a group text. It's a uh, Nebraska group text. Alex from Nebraska and all of his friends are in the group text. Sam, Alex, uh, Hanley, and Andy as well as brother. So shout out to all those guys from Nebraska. But when this occurred, the pass interference, I, I don't know which one you're talking about. Are you talking about the one um, leading up to the Hail Mary or the actual Hail, Hail Mary pass interference? Because the one leading up to the Hail Mary pass was pass interference. The defender got there before the ball got there, interrupted the player's ability to catch the ball, and it was not called. Then you had another call where pass interference in the end zone on Travis Kelsey, twice actually, got pushed in the back, and then also the defender jumped on top of him before the ball got there to try to catch the ball or swat the ball down. Pass interference in both situations. Now, all the referees I've heard from this week and on the broadcast too, they said it was a penalty, but they say there is a different set of rules for Hail Mary pass interference. Which I get kind of. If it's a huge group of people in one spot, it's not as evident where pushing may come from. I mean, it's, it's like a mosh pit at a certain point, right? But for this scenario, the one with Travis Kelsey, you could actually see, it was only two defenders around Travis Kelsey when this occurred. One of the defenders pushed him in the back, interrupting the play, interrupting his ability to jump up and grab the ball. And the other defender jumped on his back. So I I think both were pass interference. However, there was a call on Patrick Mahomes running out of bounds at the sticks earlier in that drive. There was called a late hit out of bounds. However, Patrick Mahomes was in bounds when the hit occurred. And it was shoulder. It wasn't even a helmet to helmet hit. It was nothing like that. It was a shoulder when Patrick Mahomes is still in bounds. So I, I think at the end of the day, they tried to make up calls, which they shouldn't. They shouldn't do make up calls, but they do. I think that they should probably look at the XFL and look at uh, how they do in uh, the replays and, and the flags. They do it differently. They usually have a guy in the box who's the one that kind of passes down the judgment on certain calls. And they have this expedited instant replay or expedited um, review process as well in the NFL. Only on certain calls, though, it seems like it happens maybe a handful of times every weekend for specific, for random games. Um, they need to kind of feed into that a bit more. They need to do that a bit more. Uh, there are some calls that are completely egregious, but in that specific instance with the Chiefs, it, it was going to lead to a more favorable outcome for the team who was driving the ball. And I don't think that referees want to get involved that late in the game, but they, they don't mind doing it outside the two-minute warning. They don't mind doing it then. But at that moment, they feel as though, eh, we're going to sway it towards one team or the other. Um, that, that, that was pretty tough. Pretty tough for the Chiefs. Although the Chiefs can, Chiefs can suck it up. Chiefs are still winning football games. It's fine. Andy, if you're out there, it's okay if the Chiefs lose a football game. It's fine. It's the regular season. It's not the, it's not the playoffs yet, so don't worry. Um, Angela said, have enough money to buy food refs. Uh, f- wait, fo- buy food refs. Good refs. I'm sorry, good refs. Yeah, they do have enough money to buy good refs. And, th- and they could. Or, or train refs. I think that's the big Have training for your referees. I think you need to do that and be successful still. So um, I think that's something they should definitely look into. And uh, my apologies if my camera is glitching because I, I computer's still having a, a few issues every once in a while. Um, yep. Alex said leading up to it. Wesley says the only consistency is that there is never PI on Hail Marys should be the same rules. Absolutely. Should be the same rules. However, once again, referees don't want to necessarily get involved in the game 
that late, but at the same time, you have to be consistent, and they're not consistent at that point. Um, Wesley said 49 states were probably okay with the PI without the PI call. Pretty much, yeah, pretty much. Kansas, and I mean, well, I would say 48 because Nebraska's up there as well. Nebraska, <laughs> Nebraska and Kansas City, man, I'm telling you, like this, they they uh, they're pretty much the same state when it comes to the Chiefs. Um, yeah, huge game for the uh, for the Patrick for Patrick Mahomes and, and Green Bay. Green Bay played a hell of a game. I think it was very competitive up until the last two minutes, and um, and in that point, it was it was kind of a foregone conclusion what was going to happen because the referees weren't going to get involved. But um, hey, what can you do? You just move on to the next game, move on to the next game, and see how they play the next week. Uh, and I'm sure the Chiefs once again will be fine moving forward because they'll be in the conversation for the AFC because there's have you guys seen the AFC standings? The AFC standings are are a joke right now. Like everyone is middle middle of the pack, middle tier. We can look at the standings real quick before we bring Alex in for Peeper's picks. Um but the standings for the NFL AFC right now. Let's look at this for a second. So we have Miami at 9 and 3, Baltimore 9 and 3, Jacksonville 8 and 4, Kansas City 8 and 4. Those are the the leaders in their divisions, okay? Leaders in their divisions. And Bailey already says it. AFC is mid this year compared to the NFC. Yes, it is mid this year. Shout out to Ann Bailey. She's in Saint uh, in Salt Lake City, at the airport there, waiting for her next flight. So shout out to her. Alex says Patriots technically on the bubble. Rough. I think the Patriots. It's the Patriots, the Cardinals, and the Titans. All three can be eliminated from playoff contention this weekend. And Ann Bailey is actually in the air. So hello to you in the air. Um, but then after that, everybody else is seven and five or worse. Everybody. It, it's just a, a, a mid, a mid conference this year. I don't know if necessarily means there's a bunch of talent in the AFC. I don't think that's the case. It's just crazy to me to think that the most competitive division right now would probably be the AFC North. AFC North, most competitive division right now, because there's uh, nine and three. The the Ravens, Steelers are seven and five, Browns are seven and five, and the Bengals are six and six. And all four of those teams, well, the Ravens still have Lamar. Uh, three of those teams have their backup quarterbacks in, so that's great. Mitch Trubisky is. Uh, going to be fun to watch tonight on Thursday Night Football. Um, before we get there, though, we have a very special guest joining us to bring his, his picks, as always. Peeper's picks right here on there, Out of though. Bounds. Alex. Hello, sir. What's up? How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm Doing good. it solo tonight, huh? Doing the show solo tonight, yes. Tyler is, uh, is, is leaving, me, leaving me solo this evening but you know what you're here now so that's all that matters yeah i'm here to make people money too yep hopefully so because uh last week wasn't the best for people's picks um two and three was the record you got san fran green bay which hey you took green Bay plus seven so kudos to you you knew they were going to win it seems like um but cowboys steelers and jags were just not not the not not the picks last week yeah, I you know after watching that Cowboys uh, Seahawks game, which was an incredible game, had me on the edge of my seat the entire game. I didn't even think that the Cowboys were going to come away with a win. It was going to be close. Yeah, it, it definitely was close at home, especially. I mean, they have a 14 game win streak at home now, but um, yeah, very close game to the Seahawks, but not not a good pick from you last week. But not hey, a good pick. this week though, we're going to bounce back. I don't have your yeah. graphic ready because you didn't have your picks in before the gym this evening, but yeah. we can talk about those picks and hopefully everybody just keeps track as we're going along. Do you have them in the Google sheet at least? Can I, can I, can I look yeah. at the Google sheet? Okay, cool. I'm looking yeah. at the Google sheet while you're talking. So uh, feel free to share. What are your peepers picks cool. this week? All right, let's get into it. Okay. So first of all, tag him and bag him. We're here to make people money. We're here to do it better than what we've done so far. Right. We're 13, 13 or 14, 14, whatever. We're, you know, 
were just at 500, which is unacceptable, right? Because yep. in, in Vegas, you pay more to, to uh, make less, right? So, you know, theoretically, we're losing people the money right now. So we got to figure it out. Okay, so it's Thursday Night Football, Thursday, thank God, best you know, best day of the week outside of Friday, I guess. There's some, well, Monday's good too because, you know, we have Monday night football, but Thursdays are great. So, all right, we're going to go tonight with the Patriots plus five. Yes, it's going to be a low-scoring game. Yes, the Patriots are two and ten. And yes, Dylan, I did hear you say that, you know, everyone's in the hunt. The Patriots, theoretically, are still in the hunt. That's, I, I mean, that's that's what people say, right? If he's fan of Pat McAfee, spit out some shit at me and say the pet, Patriots are in the hunt then I have to go with what the mainstream media says, you know, that's against politics, but you know, they're two and 10, they're in the hunt. I watched a graphic today of um, Zeke Elliott coming into, uh, coming into Heinz uh, uh, field or whatever the stadium is called. And um, he was locked in. So not only am I taking the Pats uh, plus five and a half plus five, I'm also taking Zeke with uh, over 49 and a half rushing yards. I just think he's locked in. I saw him rolling in there. He had a nice cardigan on. He was looking fresh. He's also you got a uh, you got um, Ramondre Stevenson out tonight, so I think you can lock that into Patriots or Steelers are not good at stopping the run. Um, so take the steel, take the Patriots plus five tonight. Uh, okay, settling in to the one p.m. slate uh, on Sunday. A uh, couple of good opportunities. However, I'm going to take the I'm going to look at the Bears Lions game. Um, it's supposed to be shitty weather at Soldier Field. Uh, you know, I always look at that as an opportunity because you're you're looking at a, a dome team going out and playing non not under a dome, right? Not under okay. a dome. Okay. So last time the Bears played the, the they played the Lions really closely. Uh, uh, Montez Sweat is back. The the defense is healthy. I think Goff is probably going to throw another. Hopefully he throws two picks. If he throws three, I think it's a lock for the Bears. I also think that um, it's kind of a comeback game for Justin Fields. He didn't play very well last time. You know, he made some stupid mistakes with the ball, fumbled it a couple times. I think he threw a pick. Uh, you know, those are those are mistakes that a quarterback can easily overcome. And um, you know, giving him given giving him some time off, I think you take the Bears plus three. It's going to be a low scoring game. The over under is like three five or something like that. That's that's way too high. I'm not playing that though, just because you never know what these two teams. They're both pretty high scoring. So just look at the Bears plus three. I think it's solid. Um, a lot of a lot of Vegas is taking that too, so it's a solid bet. Uh, all right, 4 p.m. slate. Uh, I gotta bet the Chiefs, and I gotta take them money line. Uh, I'm not taking them spread because it's like it's like two or something like that. It's really low. So you know when it's that close, if it's under a field goal, I generally don't like to take. I don't like to lay the points just because it could go either way at that point. So I'm taking the chiefs money line. This is a, this is a make it like make it right game for both teams. Really? The, the bills are coming off of a buy against us, you know, a tough loss against the Eagles. And then the chiefs are coming off of obviously a not tough, not a tough loss. It wasn't like it was that close. They lost by eight, but you know, it was questionable how they lost. Right. I mean, I mentioned it in the chat, they, they, they could have come back down the field off of that Hail Mary PI and, you know, tied it up. But I think it's I think it's a make it right game for the Chiefs. Chiefs losing two in a row, that's crazy. Especially when it's at it's at um, GHA Field. I just don't see I don't see two losses in a row happening. So I'm taking the Chiefs money line, baby. I think that is honestly I think that's the lock of the week. Uh, I'm not not being biased. Like last week, I obviously picked the Packers. So I, I, I don't wearing a Kansas State bias. Chiefs shirt. Not biased at all. No, no, not biased at all. Well, I I picked the Packers last week. You know for good reason they covered so you know she so all right let's move on to sunday night uh big big game sunday night cowboys or eagles at cowboys uh i really like the cowboys here you know you hear all the time about the cowboys they're like they're fake right they play they play good against bad teams and or they play yeah they play great against bad teams but they can't hold up their own against good teams which is which is so true history tells you that right i mean they got smoked by the niners and they cook all the bad teams and then they prove to you that they can barely beat the Seahawks, which are like, I think now the Seahawks are under 500 or they're just at 500 after that loss of the Cowboys. But I just, I just think that it's like finally time. I'm, I'm really just betting on Dak to finally show us that he can, he can beat a good team, right? Like the Cowboys, not say legit, but like there's, there's definitely pockets of vulnerability with the, with the Eagles that I think the Cowboys, as long as they can keep a high pace going, they can put up points as consistently as they do on offense. I just think that, 
you know, they'll come out with a dub, especially because it's at home too. And, you know, what's that? There's like some stat about them at home, right? I think you just mentioned it, Dylan. Isn't it like 14 like straight home games? Game. Yeah. One. Like that, that's, also, that's also on their side too. Like, you know, I don't even, I don't even know why. It's not like their fans are probably that good. Like, I don't know any Cowboy fans out there that I like. Like, I don't know if I like any Cowboys fans. So, whatever. I, I do, I do like the Cowboys though. I'm going to take them money line. That's an expensive pick. It's like, I think it's like minus 180 or something like that. It's not cheap, but again, it's it, it's it's like three and a half. The line is three and a half. I don't want to lay three and a half for that. I don't know if they're going to win by more than a field goal, so that's why I want to take money line. And then moving into the Monday night game, it's uh, Packers. Remind me, it's Packers and well, there's two games. Packers, there's two games. Giant, Dolphins, Packers, Titans Giants, as well. Dolphins, Titans. Yeah, so I look at, I'm going to look at the Packers game. I'm going to ride the Packers again because the Packers have proven to me that they're a good team. You got Jordan Love that's finding the stride. You know, they're playing a they're playing a Giants team that's straight garbage. Yeah, Danny DeVito is like the talk of the town because he can, you know, get them a win off of a shanked field goal. Like that's bullshit to me. Like give me give me the give me the Packers minus 6 and a half. Are you kidding me? They're going to smoke them. I think they're going to smoke them. Um, just the, the 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 Giants are garbage. I don't you you can't you can't tell me the Giants are good. Like Dane DeVito, that whole making chicken cutlets for him and doing his laundry type thing fires people up. Fine, make the line make the line six and a half for that reason. But it should be higher. So I'll take the Packers six and a half. Though I do say I will say I was looking at the the Dolphins Titans game. I think if you bump the Titans up to fourteen and a half, I don't think you're gonna get the Dolphins beating them by fourteen and a half just because. They're going to drain the clock. They're going to slow the game down. It's not going to be, it's not going to be this like, you know, highest scoring shootout affair that people think. Is it in Miami? In Miami. Yep. I think that also, I think that helps too. Maybe warmer weather. I don't know. Do the Titans like warmer weather? They play better. Oh, sorry. My dog's in the way here. They're good. Um, no, no, I mean, not necessarily. It's not, not, not a, uh, huge thing for them to have warm weather or cold weather. I mean, I think they play pretty much the same in both. Okay. Well, I'm going to still take the Packers minus six and a half. Okay. I'm not going to touch that game. Sounds good. So uh, you have, let me look at these picks here. Thursday Night Football, Patriots plus five, Bears plus three, Chiefs money line, Cowboys money line, and Packers minus six and a half. That's it. It's the move. Five and oh this week. Five and oh this week, calling it out. Yeah, and then I'll regret it. I'll regret that comment tonight at 11 p.m. We can go back to some of these comments here. Um, Ann Bailey said, Alex repping Chiefs coming off of a loss. She also said, Peepers pick sponsored by Google TM. Jacob chimed in, said, Acrisure with a wink face. And uh, he said, Pats plus 16. What What's Acrisure spelled backwards? Is that, is that anything spelled backwards? No. Oh, okay. Acrisure is, and it's not, I, I hear us in the background. Um, Acrisure is a company, I believe. That's what I'm thinking anyway. You can do some research if you want to. I, I think it's a, it's a company. Anyway, um, yeah. Patriots plus five, Bears plus three, Chiefs money line, Cowboys money line, Packers minus six and a half. Alex is going five and oh this week, he says. Yeah, well, That's what I, I think Insurance. I might have definitely go to. I think I'm going to go 2 0 if you just look at the 4 p.m. and Sunday night football slate. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see if you can get above 500. Um, before we head out tonight, though, we, the parlay will be posted on Sunday morning at 11, p, uh, 11 a.m. Eastern time on Sunday. So feel free to tail that one. We did hit the parlay this past weekend. It will be parlay. Although Alex did not contribute because Alex was not answering his text on Sunday Why morning. So my pick was um, Williams, K Williams from the Rams over 89 and a half rushing and receiving yards. Tyler's was Russell Wilson under 220.5 passing yards and the show pick at number three, AKA Alex's typical pick was Christian McCaffrey. Anytime touchdown and the season earnings are now at 67, 86. Hey, Making the people money. Making we're, people we're money here. People. Yes. Um, hopefully we can get 
another win this week for the parlay. So tail that if you want. If you want to make money, tail it on Sunday. 11 a.m. Eastern time. We'll put out another banger. Um, Alex Hanley says Steelers are about to go wild when they start playing Renegade tonight. Yenzers will loud, will loud in prime time. What's Yenzers? I'm not sure what that means. I think that might be some Steelers fan base lingo. Uh, Jacob says this guy knows. So, I mean, but the yeah. thing is, though, will Mitchell Trubisky go wild tonight? No. <laughs> no. No. Do you think he will? No. 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 Mitch Trubisky think, is going to be on his back a lot tonight. I think Trevor Lawrence with a high ankle sprain would do better than Mitch Trubisky. Speaking of Trevor Lawrence, we can talk about that real quick as well because we didn't talk about it earlier in the show. Trevor Lawrence did suffer a high ankle sprain in the Jags game this past week, uh, leading to a loss for them in overtime. Um, with Trevor Lawrence, do you think that this high ankle sprain will keep him out for a long time? Today, he was limited in practice today. I want to get your thoughts on it first before I share my thoughts because my thoughts are, uh, well, yeah. Did you see him practicing today? No, there was a report out saying he was limited today though. He didn't look very limited. I mean, I was watching, I was watching a video of him. He had a, he had like a full, not a cast on, but he had a, um, brace, know, a big, a big brace on his leg. Yeah. Um, but he was mobile. I saw him running, throwing the ball fine. Like, you know, he wasn't in any like, uh, you know, offense one type situations, you know, trying to run against the defense, but, uh, he looked good. Okay. Well, I mean, as of right now, it's, he, he was limited. He's probably questionable to play this weekend. Maybe it was just one of those days they were just trying to see what he can do because CJ Bethard also is on the injury report with a shoulder injury. So the backup quarterback who played the rest of the game for the Jaguars is injured as well. So not a good look for them. They are now in first place still in the AFC South, but the Texans and the Colts are climbing that ladder. In my mind, you know, the biggest thing to me, Trevor Lawrence getting a high ankle sprain this point of the year gives me flashbacks to 2022-23 with the Titans and Ryan Tannehill. Ryan Tannehill had a high ankle sprain last year, was out for two weeks, resting up, came back, got hit again, re-aggravated that high ankle sprain, then had to get surgery and was out for the rest of the season after getting hit the second time. So do you really want to rush back Trevor Lawrence? Do you really not have any faith in either CJ Bethard or whoever you bring out from the practice squad or whoever you pick up in free agency to move forward, to rely on your defense for a little bit and said, maybe your offense. I mean, in my mind, it's not a good, it, it will not be good for Trevor Lawrence to go out there and potentially get re aggravated with his injury and miss the playoffs completely. Well, where are they in the division? I know they're top of their division, but like, is there any cushion for them to take a loss? Uh, let me double check here with the standings. Because like, yeah, I agree. You don't need to rush it. Right. Like if they're, if they're in an okay, they spot, are eight and four right it. now, eight and four and Indianapolis and the Texans are both seven and five. So, I mean, I don't know if they can afford it, right? Because they're not going to win outright. They're not going to win the AFC outright. They're going to have to have a – they're going to have to clinch their division, right? I mean, they, they could. They could win the AFC, but you're looking at being the Ravens, being the Chiefs. You know, I guess Ravens, Chiefs, I don't know who on anyone else that would threaten that. But uh, I don't know. I think I, – who they play – they play uh, – who they play next? It's the Browns, right? So, so it's they a, play the Browns next. Then they play the Ravens. Then they play the Buccaneers. Then they play the Panthers, and then they play the Titans. So the so the Panthers are the next divisional round, right? Next divisional game. Panthers. Panthers. Yeah. No. Aren't they play? Not the Panthers. No, Titans are the only divisional game they oh, have left. The remaining divisional. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. So I mean, I don't know. I would just sit him until they play them, or if they. I mean, obviously they can put him up before that. It's a couple of weeks from now, but. Mm. Jacob yeah. said he will not. I'm not sure what he means. Sitting out. He won't sit out. He won't I mean, play. he's a winner. The dude didn't even want to go up on a golf cart. Did you hear him? Well, I think that's Jacksonville. I don't think that's necessarily Trevor Lawrence saying, don't bring the cart out for me. I think it's Jacksonville not having a golf cart ready in time to take him back to the locker room. 
because Dude, they're it's, it's, they are a it's poverty. Fr- you know what they're doing? Their golf cart's already in London. They've already shipped it off to London because they know they're going to move there in the next five years anyway. So they what don't even about? care. They don't even care. They're going to be the next NFL team in in London. That's what's going to happen. Uh, Jacob Why said, "Yeah, but CJ once threw five picks in one half." Um, and Mitchell is playing well tonight. Mitch Trubisky. You just say that because you're a Steelers fan. If he was playing well, Jacob, I think he probably would have been playing over Kenny Pickett. <laughs> but, exactly. Exactly. Because you would probably have seen it in practice. If he was and playing well. You're not well. seeing it in practice. You're not seeing it in practice. No. No. Um, so Mike Tomlin and his 500 streak might come to an end if Kenny Pickett can't come back in enough time. Oh, yeah, he will not play him. well. Okay. I was about to say that that that's a tough that's a tough take to say that he'll be he'll be playing well tonight because he won't be. Um Steelers ten and seven. Ten to seven, you're saying they're gonna win, Andy? Ten to seven's the final score? We like that as under people. <laughs> we do like that. I mean the uh, the under the over under was the lowest ever set in did, NFL I mean, history, you... I think it was. Yeah, uh, no, not NFL history. Or it's been last... a while. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's been a while. It's been a while. It was over under yeah. 30? 30 and a half, yeah. Andy said, know, yep. So 10 to 7 is going to be the, the, the score, Andy says, for the game tonight. Steelers. I mean, did you watch, did you watch the Chargers-Patriots game last week that ended at 7 to 0? 6 to 0. It wasn't even a touchdown. 6 to 0. Two field goals. Don't get me started. Brandon Staley doesn't need to have a job in the NFL. Um, Alex Hanley, since 1993, that's the lowest over-under. Since 93. Oh, there we go. Yeah. That's crazy. I mean, you know, they just set a record in college two weeks ago. Nebraska played Iowa, and the line was set to 28 and a half. And that hit. That was the lowest ever score, lowest ever under-over line in history. And that hit because they set 26, I think. So, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if tonight they go as low as, like, you know, 25. Like, it, there's not any offense going on tonight. And they're going to be running the clock down dry. Well, all I can say is I am not going to enjoy watching this game tonight. No. I didn't I, – the only thing I bet on tonight, I had Deontay Johnson in a parlay to get three-plus receptions. And that's it. Okay. I like George Pickens tonight too. Just like you can get George Pickens at a premium over 25 yards. Generally it's like minus 450, minus 500. But since Mitch Trubisky's playing tonight, you can get it at like minus 250, which I think is like, it's not a steal, but it's better than normal because they're, they're giving it to you at, you know, at a, uh, at value because it's Mitch Trubisky, which, you know, take that for what you will. But, Mm. you know, George Pickens, I think has averaged over 25 yards all season long, except for maybe like one or two games. I would also say Pat Fryermuth tonight for the Steelers is probably going to be a good pickup when it comes to his yards. 27 and a half is his over under over 27 and a half. I think would be the bet there for Pat Fryermuth just because Trubisky is going to have a reliance on his tight end. Fryermuth has, has it, it's been Kenny Pickett out there and just this offense has been abysmal this year, but having a new offensive coordinator, um, after Matt Canada got let go, I think that you're going to also see Pat Fryermuth be able to come in there and help out the the backup quarterback. I think that Fryermuth being 27 and a half over is probably a, a, a pretty safe bet as well. Alex Hanley says 24 yeah. to six Steelers. Whoa. Oh, okay. Whoa. Okay. I do like that though, Dylan. I, I like uh, going out to Fryermuth for like a couple of savior, like Mitch Trubisky's about to fall down, just sling it. You know, that's kind of what, that's, uh, I took uh, uh, I took um, I took Derek Henry a couple of weeks back because of that very reason. I forgot who they were playing, but I do like an RB or you know somebody that kind of like sits in the in the slot, kind of wait for something. Um, so I think Fryermuth the safety solid, blanket, especially, especially with a backup yeah. quarterback, safety blanket. Fryermuth mm-hmm. is a big target to throw to. Throw it to him. Just get him the yeah. ball. Get him the ball, and he'll 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 do fine. Uh, Jacob says yeah. Fryermuth over two and a half receptions. Which I I would say that too. Yeah, I think Jacob put that on a repeat today. He likes that one. 
<laughs> Andy says Alex is a is a troll, obviously, when it comes to twenty twenty four to six. I, I I don't know. I I I know Alex pretty well. I think that Alex probably thinks it's going to be twenty four to six. Which I mean, I I you know the thing is, I w- it would not surprise me. It would not surprise me that the Steelers are actually able to put up points in this game. It wouldn't surprise me at all. Even though it's Mitch Trubisky, he has had one week of preparation instead of just being thrust into the game like he did last week. And they don't want to get completely shut out like they did last week. They don't want to get completely embarrassed like they did last week. So, eh, I I wouldn't be surprised. Um, Steelers wearing Nike Rush tonight. Oh, yeah. You've seen their jerseys? They do look sick. I've not seen them. Their jerseys tonight? Yeah, they look good. <laughs> oh yeah, they do look good. Mm-hmm. Hmm. The all black. Anyway, um, that's the show this evening. So, Alex, thanks for uh, joining us for Peepers Picks. You'll you'll you can stay on the screen for the for the last portion of this. Do you want to give your tagline out again for Peepers Picks? Tag him and bag him. Thank you. Um, thanks to Alex for that. Thank you all for watching and joining in on the conversation with me being solo up until Alex Alex got here. Appreciate that. But if you haven't done so yet, subscribe to all of our podcast platforms that we're on, Google, Apple, we're everywhere. So subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. Also follow us on Facebook, on Twitch, on Twitter, on Kick, on YouTube. If you subscribe to us on YouTube, once we get 500 subscribers there, we're going to give away a jersey of your choice, NFL jersey of your choice. Um, you have to also follow us on Instagram as well. It's underscore JDF Media and OOB Podcast are the two handles there on Instagram. So get your entry in there. Once we get 500, we will give away that Jersey. Alex, do you have anything, uh, any final thoughts of the weekend before we, uh, leave this evening? No, I was telling, well, last thought I was telling Jacob, uh, just using the chat. I was telling him, you know, there's four more Thursday night footballs to go. That's fucking depressing. That is so sad. And I just, you know, I appreciate talking to you on the podcast and just talking about football because come March, we're going to be talking about, I don't know, football, I guess. Come mid-February. Well, come mid-February. Right, right. I mean, we'll come off of a Super Bowl hangover for like two weeks, still talk about football. But then, you know, then we're just going to be talking about next season. and You know, that's just near not, not near as fun. So, I don't know. I just, I appreciate this time a lot. And, um I sadly have a countdown for the number of Thursday night footballs left. And uh, yeah, that's it. Yeah. Well, we appreciate you on this show. So thanks for bringing Peepers picks every week. We appreciate that. Maybe next week too, we can look at some futures as well. When it comes to like MVP, rookie of the year, offensive player of the year, defensive player of the year. We can kind of look at that as well. Kind of, kind of get some uh, ideas of those picks for next week. That yeah. might be interesting. Yeah. I'm really liking Reek right now. I really like Tyree kill. Like I, he's a dark horse. Dude, I mean, he's he's uh, coming up to Calvin Johnson's, uh, I think, uh, record for most yards in a season. He he's like, he's going to hit 2,000 this year. I think he's like a yeah, 500 yards, uh, 500 yards more, and he hits 2,000. Because Calvin Johnson's was like 1962, I think, the most uh, in a season. He said it back in 2012. And, yeah, I mean, he's on pace right now. Dude, with how good Tua's playing, and I, I, I think that he's definitely going to set it. And since – since that data point of setting the record is, is relevant, I just feel like that is a big driver to help getting him get MVP. And obviously, as long as the team does good too, the team's got to do as well. Do good yeah, as well. team's got to do well. Brock Purdy right now is the favorite at plus 300 odds, I believe, to win MVP. Trash. Which, uh, it's one of those years. I mean, it, it, in my mind, it's one of those years, and Alex Hanley bringing this up, saying Tyreek for 500 this Monday night. I, I would not be surprised, especially with the secondary, how they've played this year. Um, and also, yeah. I think Tyreek can do that against any team in the NFL. It, it doesn't even matter. It's the Titans. He can do that against any team, put up two, 300 receiving yards if he wants to. He really could. Um, so it'll be really fascinating to see how he plays on Monday. Um, yeah. But yeah, the 500, uh, the 2,000-yard receiving season is in grasp for him. So we'll see if he can attain it. And uh, beat the record. But yeah, Brock Purdy right now, plus 300 is the odds for him, I believe, on DraftKings. But um, uh, it's just one of those years, it needs to be somebody else. A, a quarterback, This there's not a quarterback out there that's standing out to me saying, oh, he's played so right. well, he's the reason why their team is winning. I mean, even Christian McCaffrey. 
Christian McCaffrey's more of an MVP than Brock Purdy is, in my opinion. But yeah, that's yeah. Uh, that's just me. Alex says we might be better with Christian Fulton out, maybe with Trey Avery in there instead. We'll have some other contributors there yeah. in the secondary besides Eric Garrett. Eric Garrett's tiny. Hopefully he's not out there. Anyway, uh, thanks for watching, guys. We will talk to you next week right here on Out of Bounds on JDF Media.